Hey there everybody, welcome aboard to the Football Weekly Podcast. This is a special segment called Ask the Euro Case Study, where we are going to analyse the top 10 favourites for this year's European competition. We take a look at the team's group stage fixtures, the squad, how did they rank up amongst the other favourites in the competition and also try and predict a possible starting eleven for all the teams. Today we're going to start with Belgium, a team managed by Roberto Martinez. So they do have a golden generation at this point in time with very, very good players around in the uh, national team playing a very significant role for their club teams likes of Lukaku for Inter, likes of De Bruyne for Manchester City you look at the likes of Yuri Tielemans who has been fantastic for Leicester City uh, since his move from Monaco uh, you look at the likes of uh, Dries Mertens for Napoli you know he's a fantastic player for them the top goal scorer of all time you look at uh, the likes of uh, Courtois who's been a fantastic goalkeeper for two years now at Real Madrid uh, they have had a fantastic group of talent around in the squad but uh, I, th- I think it's uh, going to be a bit of a tricky thing to, uh, to, to, to actually say that they won't be challenging for the uh, European Championship because they don't have that good defence that they usually had when Alderweireld and Vertonghen were very much young and then they had a uh, figure like Vincent Kompany around. Uh, you have got players like uh, uh, Jeremy Doku is coming in. Uh, he's not, we've not seen a lot of him but uh, he's, he's said to be a very good player. You look at the likes of Axel Witzel who've been injured has not played a, a major chunk of the second half of the season for Borussia Dortmund. You look at Torgan Hazard who's not much featured in the starting eleven for Borussia Dortmund. You look at the likes of uh, Tom Munier, who's had a season to forget after switching on from Paris Saint-Germain to uh, to Borussia Dortmund. So you you have got players who are not really playing at their full uh, full form. You have got a guy like uh, Eden Hazard, who's uh, who's who's regarded as regarded as a talisman of this uh, group of players of Belgium, and then you've got him not performing well for the last two seasons at Real Madrid. I mean, people say that when he was at Real Madrid, he made his last appearance back in 2019. That was 2019. This is 2021. And it's a completely different story. Every time we see Eden Hazard is fit to play, he's not good enough. He's not pulling at the weight of uh, his opposition. He's not being the guy we all thought he might be or we thought he was at Chelsea. I mean, we saw it. He was a fantastic player at Chelsea. And what's turned up at Real Madrid hasn't been even even one-fourth of the player that he was at Chelsea. So it's it's been a bit of a disappointment for some of the guys right there. You know, guys like Divock Origi haven't pulled up for this tournament as well. So uh, I, I guess, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a bit of a... It's a bit of a gamble right now to, to actually say that... Uh, uh, Belgium's uh, golden generation is not really uh, the not really on full strength at this point in time, but this might be their last chance to actually win something. Uh, they do have uh, uh, the likes of Vermalian, who's, uh, who's who's been for a long time now with the national team, is still around. Uh, that experience will really help. They have got good players, young players coming in, likes of Jeremy Doku. We look at the guys like Leandro Trossard, who's been fantastic for Brighton and Hove Albion. Uh, you look at uh, Christian Benteke, who's pulling up sometimes for Crystal Palace in the uh, Premier League. 
you look at Hans Van Aken from uh, Club Bruges, he's had a couple of good performances in the Champions League when Bruges have qualified for the European competition. You look at Leander Dendonka, who's been a mainstay at Wolverhampton Wanderers uh, in the Premier League. You look at the likes of Yannick Carrasco, who's been brought back from China to play for Atletico Madrid and has been fantastic for the uh, Spanish Giants. You look at Nasser Chadley, I mean, yeah, he's a decent player here and there, but again, you, you, you can't actually rely on him. Uh, but you have Derek Boyata, who's uh, had a somewhat a decent season at Hertha Berlin. Uh, uh, Jason Denier has been a... He is the best defender at this point in time. You look at likes of uh, Timothy Castagne, uh, while he was at Atalanta as well, he was very, very good. And now when he's been brought up at Leicester, he's playing in a whole host of positions. He's played in the back three, he's played as a wing-back, played as a full-back, both at the right-hand side and the left-hand side. So he's a very versatile player. They've got really good players around. Can they pull out a weight in this uh, competition? I think they have got the, uh, the pedigree to do so. But uh, to tell that if they can, you know, it's going to be a bit of a tricky thing. So they are in Group B with Denmark and, and Finland. So that's not a particularly sound group, if you like. Uh, you've got you've got uh, great teams in there. You've got Dirk. Uh, you've got Denmark in there, who could really, really uh, upset your apple card because not not Turkey. I'm sorry. They've, you've got Denmark in there, who really could upset your apple card. They're, they're a very strong team going forward. Very strong defensively. You've got Finland, who are just coming there to enjoy themselves because it's a first tournament, first major tournament for the uh, uh, guys from Finland. You've got Russia, who made a deep run in the uh, 2018 World Cup to the quarterfinals when they were eliminated by Croatia. Uh, I mean, still, you know, Russia is a uh, decent nation they haven't got that much of uh, players coming through uh, again they have got uh, the likes of Alexander had a fantastic season at uh, uh, but apart from that you, you're really searching for options I mean there there's there's nothing like it I mean in in uh, the uh, 2018 World Cup as well they had got uh, only that uh, it was Dennis Cheryshev and apart from them apart from him you have got no one else I mean now you don't have even uh, the informed Darren Sharashev who's not really played well for uh, Valencia now you have to really rely on Alexander Golovin but in Russia we'll talk about the fixture list the first game will be against Russia on 12th of June uh, at the St. Petersburg Stadium in St. Petersburg the second game is going to be the big one against uh, against Denmark at the Parken Arena in Copenhagen the third game is going to be against Finland in the St. Petersburg Stadium in Russia, so that's the three games. Uh, the uh, third game will be on 20, 21st of uh, June, and the second game will be on the 17th of June against Denmark. So uh, that's somewhat a, uh, I think, to I think could uh, really uh, concern them because they're not in a really sound group. They have got teams which are not as good as them, but are really capable of. Uh, causing havoc there but if if you could actually uh, have a really good analysis of this the, you can actually look at the fact that they beat Denmark but they, they drew against Denmark once when they played at home and they uh, won against Denmark 4-2 when they played away at Copenhagen uh, in uh, the Nations League so uh, decent results there but uh, we'll go through with the uh, squad right now we start with the goalkeepers 
We've got Thibaut Courtois from Real Madrid, Simon Mignolet from Club Bruges, Matt Souch from Strasbourg. Uh, we've got in the defenders Toby Alderweireld from Tottenham, Derek Boyata from Hertha Berlin, Timothy Castagne from Leicester City, Jason Denoyer from Lyon. You've got Thomas Munier from Dortmund, Thomas Vermalian from Wisselkob in Japan. We've got uh, Jan Rutongen from Benfica. In the midfielders, we've got Nasser Chadli from Istanbul, Basak Sahir. Uh, we've got Yannick Carrasco from Atletico Madrid, Kevin De Bruyne from Manchester City, Leandro Dendonka from Wolves, Eden Hazard from Real Madrid, Torgan Hazard from Dortmund, Dennis Pratt and Yuri Tielemans from Leicester City, Hans Van Aken from Club Bruges and Axel Witzel from Dortmund. In the forwards we've got uh, Misha Batshuayi and Kristen Benteke from Crystal Palace, uh, Jeremy Doku from Rennes, uh, Romelu Lukaku from Inter, Dries Mertens from Napoli and Leandro Trasad from uh, Brighton. So that's the team for, for for Belgium and I guess you've got really nice options there to play up front but the thing is that what is your proper combination going into the defence and then into the midfield, the wing-backs going to be a bit of a problem there, they're going to play a 3-4-2-1, sort of a 3-4-3 which uh, Roberto Martinez really enjoys playing and uh, well I guess that's it, I mean uh, a really good crop of players could uh, uh, certainly uh, benefit uh, Roberto Martinez but they have got some deficiencies in the squad and I'm not really convinced how they're going to pan out this, uh, this this certain situation they had it friendly against Croatia two days ago and it ended in a 1-0 victory so I, I mean they have got the team together Kevin De Bruyne is not going to play the first game so uh, that's certain because of that uh, concussion that he took in the Champions League final so he will be missed but uh, it's going to be against Russia so again you could cope with it somewhat I'm not saying you could actually but you can cope with it somewhat I think the problem is that uh, Eden Hazard's form is a bit concerning at this point in time because you have to actually understand the and uh, understand the weight of the conversation here because when we're talking Eden Hazard we're talking about a big personality in the Belgium national squad and that uh, to not actually include him in the squad is uh, to not actually include him in the starting eleven is going to raise some eyeballs. Uh, more importantly, with uh, Roberto Martinez not pulling up a victory in that particular game where they don't have Hazard coming in, with also the fact that he's not really full fit, I, I, I don't know. I mean, they all say that whenever they uh, get in with their national teams, they are really very much uh, enthusiastic, they're very much uh, ready to go, ready to fire. But I just don't think that this is going to be the case with Eden Hazard. But, so I haven't really got him in my starting eleven. I'm keeping him away, I'm keeping him very, very away. So uh, here's my starting eleven. Uh, in the back, th I'm going with a 3-4-2-1, uh, more so with a 3-4-3 and a box midfield of four, and two wing backs and a striker up front, we all know who that is. Uh, so in the back four, you have to still go with Alderweireld and Vertonghen uh, because uh, I guess they're the perfect option there. Uh, Vermalion could obviously have some minutes here and there to actually balance it out against the likes of Finland and then uh, if they've already secured the first place, you can then play their final game against uh, Finland. Uh, we have got Boyata as well, but Denaya plays that central role in the back three. Alderweireld at the right and Vertonghen at the left. Uh, so that's my uh, back three at this point in time. Uh, you look at the wing backs at this uh, at, 
at, at this position and you've got Timothy Castan, you could also play in that back three, but again, who are you going to replace him with? Uh, is, it, is it going to be Alderweireld? Is it going to be Vertonghen? I think I don't think you've got to touch him. Uh, you've only got to choose when one of those two is having a very, very difficult time playing in that back three. You put in Castani in there. Before the time being, Castani plays into that uh, right wing back position and Thomas Munier sits on the bench. If you've got got a scenario that uh, Castani has to play in the back three, you put Thomas Munier in that right wing back position. In the uh, two midfielders, I think Yuri Tielemans picks himself up as a definite starter for this team. Along with him, you've got two players who could play there. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, you could have three players who could play there. You've got Leandro Dendonka, who's a very uh, consistent performer at club level for Wolverhampton Wanderers. I haven't seen a lot of him at the national level. Uh, there is Axel Witzel from Borussia Dortmund, who's a more reliable option than uh, Leandro Dendonka. But the fact that he's not really played this season in the second half, not really played this entire year, not the season. I mean, season's got to consider. We've got to consider 2020 and 2021. He's not played this entire year. That is 2021. He's not played the major part of 2021. So you've got to consider his fitness. You've got to consider his. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. He's got his match fitness, and you've got to consider his work rate. How is he going to play about there? Because Witzel and Tielemans does give me that balance around. Because Witzel will drop deep and provide that shield forward, so Tielemans can focus forward. Uh, you have got a choice between them. You have got Hans Mannequin from uh, Club Bruges, who's another fantastic player for them. Uh, he could actually provide that sort of uh, role where you could obviously have uh, that bit of a balance in there. He's a very good holding midfielder. Uh, I've seen some of uh, some bits of him playing for Club Bruges. Um, and you've got Nestor Chadley, who can play as a left wing back. Are you really going to rely on him? I don't think so. You don't play Nasser Chadley in there. I think they play uh, one between Yannick Carrasco and Torgan Hazard. For the time being, I think Torgan Hazard plays in that left wing-back position because, uh, A, he is the possible starter there. He's a more natural left-footed player. And this second thing is that uh, uh, he's a more favourite person of Roberto Martinez. So I think that really matters here. The second one really matters here. So... If if would I, I would have thought it logically then uh, there is uh, Yannick Carrasco has been playing that position for a long time now with uh, Atletico Madrid and logic says me that you put him there but I think at this point in time Torgan has outplayed that because it is a more natural position for him bombing around on that left hand side of uh, uh, Belgium's attack and providing that width and uh, pulling out crosses uh, from that side so Torgan has outplayed there. And Yarin Carrasco, I'll just keep him away from a time for some for a meanwhile. Come into the uh, attacking two behind the striker. Uh, we'll just go with the team which we have uh, really uh, kept inside. We've got Courtois in goal, we've got Trevor Tongan, Denine, Ordo Viral, Castagne, and Torgan Hazard as wing backs. We've got Tielemans and one between Dendonker and Witzel. Whoever you like, Dendonker and Witzel. Uh, again, uh, Witzel has a uh, has been cleared up for the uh, first uh, game of this uh, of the Euros, so he might be there to start. So we'll go with the front two. De Bruyne of fit is a definite starter, so we've got no uh, no doubt about it. 
Otherwise, we've got Rhys Mertens, we've got Eden Hazard, we've got Dennis Price who can play there. There's Jeremy Doku from Rennes, who's had a fantastic season at Rennes. He's not particularly good in that final product, the final pass, the final dribble, the final take on of the player. We're not one-on-ones, he's got good dribbling skills. He's got a good pace and really well-directed player. So he's one player there. Uh, Carrasco could play in there. Just going through form, but that first game against Russia, I'll play Dries Mertens on our right-hand side and give him that free roll, which he, which he had in the earlier stages of the Serie A season while he played for Napoli, just behind uh, the striker, Victor Ozyman, uh, while uh, everyone floated around with the flanks. He plays just behind the striker as a number 10. Royalty can also play as a number 9. So I'm right now going for that uh, right inside with Dries Mertens slotting in there. On the left-hand side, I'm going with Yannick Carrasco. I mean, I think he's a decent option to have there. I, I, I'm just not sure. For the time being, I'm going with Yannick Carrasco and Dries Mertens in that too. And up front is going to be Romelu Lukaku. Again, you could actually rotate with Christian Benteke and Michibachuai whenever you think it's possible uh, because of uh, the work rate and everything and everything. You could have uh, yourself... Uh, screened up but now I think uh, at this point in time I'm going with the front three is uh, Carrasco from the left, Lukaku from the middle and Dries Mertens that is now very much a uh, free roll behind him. As soon as we've got uh, De Bruyne in there we can obviously have him and just shift one or two others I mean you can have, obviously logic says a Carrasco uh, might be the one to miss out because you could play two number 10s behind uh, Romelu Lukaku. Uh, Carrasco is a player who could actually play straight. It is a direct player who could attack the box. I'm not so sure about his finishing skills, but I, I, th I think he's a very good player. He can take players on. It's a really good forward behind Lukaku. Lukaku can set him up one or two times. De Bruyne and Dries Mertens gives me that box which I want in that midfield. Mertens, De Bruyne, Tielemans and Witzel slash Dendonka slash Vanneken. You could have any any of those. I think uh, it's a uh, decent bracket to have with the two wing-backs warming up from any of the, any, any of the spaces around it. So that, that I would actually play in that way. I mean, at this point in time, I think it's not just to play Eden Hazard ahead of the likes of Dries Mertens, De Bruyne, Yannick Carrasco even ahead of likes like Leandro Trossard because all these guys have deserved to play ahead of Eden Hazard. But Eden Hazard has got one thing that nobody else has in this team and that's reputation. But apart from the reputation, if you look at everything around him, these players have had better seasons, these players are in better form, so you need to understand yourself, you shouldn't be applying pressure on them. I think he is very much uh, a guy who will understand that thing, so I think uh, at this point in time, you play box in the midfield and you play two wing backs with a striker that's Lukaku up front. I think if they win these two games, they're properly set for the knockouts. They're going to finish first, so it doesn't matter. You could actually uh, rest some up some players uh, in that third game against uh, against Finland. So I guess that might be the plan. You might rest Lukaku, you might rest uh, some of the others. Uh, De Bruyne might play because he's not going to play the first game. But that applies 
when you have got that first win, if there's a draw against Denmark or even less than a win, you'd have to play a full-strength squad because you have to guarantee the first place finish there. So that's my starting eleven for 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 Belgium, and we'll take a look at what does this group mean for the knockouts for them. Uh, it's it's not as tricky as you would like. If they finish first, they'll have to play one of uh, the th best of three teams. Uh, it might be anyone. If they finish second, they have to play Italy, which will be the uh, number one team from Group A, as I assume that they will be. They have to be. But if they finish second, then it's a bit of a tricky one because they have to play Italy. I'm not really sure if they want to finish second here. They have to finish first. Because Italy is going to be a bit of a tough job to crack, and I I just hope that they do well in this uh, in in this uh, in this European Championship because this is the last time we're going to see the uh, the golden generation of Belgium at least for this time being. They have the World Cup as well. Uh, you look at the likes of uh, Vertonghen and Alderweireld getting uh, on the wrong side of thirty. You've also have uh, uh, Kevin De Bruyne at. Uh, 30 plus, you've got Eden Hazard who's 30 plus. Uh, Romelu Lukaku is still pretty much uh, in a decent age, uh, but again, who, who, who knows what what's in store for the future? Uh, you look at the likes of Thibaut Courtois as well. How, how many tournaments is he going to last? Maybe two tournaments at most. I think it's the last time where they would actually play together, the likes of Armali in, uh, in particular, where he would be actually retiring after this tournament. I don't know. But uh, this might be a way to actually uh, gather some momentum in there. So you could actually uh, be, be very much aware of what there is in store. So I think uh, they have to be cautious about their approach. I think Roberto Martinez is a very good coach. They have to uh, really uh, get this by the scruff of the neck and have uh, have the best result possible. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really at number four in this uh, in, in my list of the favourites. They're behind the likes of Italy and uh, Italy and France and another team which I'm going to mention now. Um, uh, that's all from me to, for Belgium today. Uh, I hope they do well. Well, due to some mistake, I was not able to actually tell you all what was uh, the uh, possible ranking for the German national team. I'm really sorry for that. Uh, that in my last pod, and uh, it's uh, number seven for Germany. So, uh, you know, that's a mistake that I, I had to cover today. So, uh, I'm sorry if uh, I've missed something around. So. Germany at number seven. So the last team of this case study is going to be Portugal, the defending champions. Portugal, led by the uh, evergreen Cristiano Ronaldo, and uh, again, I mean, it's 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 not really the best best scenario for Portugal because history says that they haven't really done well when they have been under pressure. They have been under the pump. Uh, you look at uh, the the tournaments where they have done really well and then they have got that pressure of being the favourites haven't really done well they haven't really done well well in in, in the World Cup in the 2018 in Russia I think they could have uh, done a pretty decent job around but now they have got a good team they have got really good young youngsters coming through they have got a good squad of players who 
when they're good, they can be really nice. But again, I think it's uh, the manager in um, Fernando Santos, which can be a bit of a uh, conundrum to solve because he's a more of a defensive manager. And you look at this team, you really hope that this isn't the case for for Portugal. But again, if you look at this team, there are a lot of players who have uh, had tremendous season, and I mean, just not good. These have they have been just just mind boggling seasons for them. Uh, I mean, you look at you look at Jose Font at thirty seven. He's had a fantastic season at Lille. Might as well be the player of the season behind Buraki Omas and Jonathan David. You look at Nuno Mendes, who's really been valued as a fullback at around six to seventy million euros. I mean. That says a lot about his potential. You look at Ruben Diaz, Football Writers Player of the Year. You look at João Cancelo, who's had a very much a second life after going to the Premier League and playing under Pep Guardiola. You look at the likes of Danilo Pereira, who's been fantastic for Paris Saint-Germain, not just playing in the defensive midfield position, but also in a centre-back role. You look at Bruno Fernandes, who's had the best season of his life. You look at the likes of uh, Bernardo Silva, who's been so good for uh, Manchester City. You look at Andre Silva, who's had more goals in the league in the Bundesliga than Erling Haaland. Uh, you look at Cristiano Ronaldo. You look at the impact of Diogo Jota at Liverpool. So in all, it's a big and a really nice team to have. They're a group of death with Port with uh, France and Germany. Uh, and also with Hungary, which is not really a good place to be at this point in time. But I think they will have to cope with it somewhat. Uh, a good thing that uh, Fernando Santos said in his press conference ahead of the game against Spain, which they played, was that, yeah, we're not really thrilled to play in the group of death. But you know what? When, Port when France and Germany saw that they were drawn against Portugal, they would have said the same thing. And I think, in a sense, he's saying the right thing here. So, uh, we'll have to see how things pan out for Portugal in this tournament. I think it's going to be a bit of a tricky tournament for them. But I think if they get out of the group, they've got to be favourites around them. Because if they get out of the group, they're not really the uh, possible... You know, they're a defensive team at most. And they're very tough not to crack. They're very solid defensively and... Uh, I, th I think they, they have got the potential to go all the way. I really do. Uh, you look at their fixtures. Uh, the first one is against Hungary on the 15th of June in the Puskas Arena in Budapest. Uh, the second game is going to be against uh, Germany on the 19th of June at the Allianz Arena. And the finish on the, the 23rd of June against France in the Puskas Arena in Budapest. They will have full crowd, 100% attendance in Hungary. Uh, so, you know, they have to really uh, crouch their muscles and uh, looking at how things go up for them. Uh, they have got a really nice squad. I mean, I have to say, they have got a really good bunch of players in there. Uh, let's just go through the teams. First, the goalkeepers in Antony Lopez from Lyon, uh, Rui Patricio from Wolves, Rui Silva from Granada. In the defenders, we've got João Cancelo from Manchester City, Ruben Diaz from Manchester City, Jose Fon from Los Lille, Rafael Guerrero from Dortmund, Nuno Mendes from Sporting, Pepe from Porto, and Nelson Semedo from Wolves. Uh, 
In the midfielders, uh, they have called back William Carvalho from Real Betis, Danilo Pereira from Paris Saint-Germain, Bruno Fernandes from Manchester United, Gonzalo Guedes from Valencia, João Moutinho, Andrew Neves from Wolves, Sergio Oliveira from Porto, João Palinha and Porte from Sporting, Renato Sanchez from Lille, Bernardo Silva from Manchester City. They've got the forwards in João Felix from Atletico Madrid, Diogo Jota from Liverpool, Andre Silva from Eintracht Frankfurt, Rafa Silva from Benfica and, well, the captain, the leader, the goal scorer, Cristiano Ronaldo from Juventus. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very big squad. It's a very, very good squad indeed. Or do I think there's something missing in the squad? Yes, I do. I think they have gone with three central defenders. I think they should have had somewhat a Domingos Duarte, who's a fantastic defender, plays for Granada in there. But again, they have got four defenders, if you look quite, if you look very nicely. They've got Ruben Diaz, who's going to start any which ways. Pepe, who's going to start any which ways. Two fantastic defenders, two very, very reliable ones. You've got Jose Font. If anything happens to one of those two, or if you have to rest someone for that last game against France, you can have Jose Font in there who's had another fantastic season at Lille. And then you've got Danilo Pereira, whose best game for Paris Saint-Germain came in that game against Bayern Munich. In those two games against Bayern Munich, where he played as a centre-back, both at the Allianz Arena and uh, in, in in the Parc de Prince. So I guess uh, you, you have that option of playing both Danilo and... Uh, Danilo and Jose Font whenever you want in that centre-back role, so uh, then again, uh, I'm not so sure I've picked up uh, Nelson Semedo, I, I don't think he's, he's, he's pulled his weight that much because of uh, his move to Wolves, I think there quite has been the the opposite because Ricardo Pereira hasn't really pulled up for Leicester City in the, in, since his injury last season, would have been an automatic choice for me if he would have been playing an awful lot. But he's not playing, so he's not in the squad. Then you've got the likes of uh, Cedric Suarez, who was called up last time around. Could have been another option to have around, but again, they have chose Nelson Semedo, so be it, Nelson Semedo. Uh, there could have been a possible inclusion of uh, Luis Nani from Orlando City in the MLS. He's had a terrific season in America, but... Uh, they have got really good uh, players coming through. I think Gonzalo Guedes would have been the possible player to make way for him, but he's had a strong end to the season in La Liga for Valencia, so I think uh, he's, he, he, he is a possible uh, player to uh, to get the nod ahead of uh, the likes of uh, the, the likes of Luis Nani. So at this point in time, I will go with. Uh, I will go with Gonzalo Guedes. Uh, we'll start with the possible starting eleven for this team, and in goal, I think uh, they have got three very good goalkeepers in Ruiz Silva. He's on a free. Will have to make a move for himself in the future, in the coming future, in the coming days. He'll be with the national team. So Ruiz Silva started yesterday against Israel. Won't be starting. It will be Rui Patricia from Wolves who will be taking the nod ahead of him. Uh, in just in front of him is going to be Pepe and Ruben Diaz. I think it's one of the best centre-back pairing in this uh, tournament. Uh, I mean, one of the most solid defences in the 
in the entire European competition, I think. Font will be the guy deputising for them. Uh, you have Rafael Guerrero, and it, 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 it's a bit of a coin toss uh, in Rafael Guerrero and Nuno Mendes. Who, who are you going to pick? I'll certainly go with Rafael Guerrero because the things that he gives me a lot, he's a more trusted guy. He's played a lot for Portugal uh, in 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 the in the story to success but but I think it's going to be Rafael Guerrero with all the hype that we have about Nuno Mendes uh, he will be starting on the bench for me uh, on that right hand side is uh, João Cancelo uh, just Nelson Semedo can't just start for me he played against Spain he was decent there but again I think João Cancelo has had a fantastic season at uh, Manchester City playing as a left back being a right footed player so he would start for me at that right-back position. I'm going with a 4-4-2 in a diamond, which I don't think is going to be the possible way they start up for the tournament. But I'm, I'm, I'm going with a diamond. I don't know why, but I'm going with a diamond 4-4-2, which I think is the best formation for them. But I just don't think they will be going with that way. In the defence, uh, in, in the defensive midfield position, I'm going with Danilo Pereira, the most reliable defensive midfielders in the in, in the top five leagues in Europe, plays for Paris Saint-Germain. Deputising him will be João Palinha, who is uh, uh, seeking a transfer outside of uh, sporting this season, had a terrific season with uh, Sporting Lisbon this time around. Willem Carvalho has been brought back to the team. He plays for Real Betis. His uh, season has been usually marred with injuries. Uh, I mean, you, you all know this guy. I mean, he is the guy who was in that defensive midfield position back in 2016 when uh, this... Uh, Portugal national team won the Euros. Uh, he is a guy who was uh, linked every now and then to uh, Manchester United at that point in time. So he will be Danilo will be starting them, but again, you have got William Carvalho and Jao uh, Palina in there. Uh, again, one of the starters for me has to be Sergio Oliveira because of his fantastic season at Porto. Uh, we all saw about his qualities in the game against Juventus. When he played, it was a fantastic performance by him. He's a great player. Gives more attacking options to you. Uh, again, you have got Ruben Neves in there, who's uh, he's a really good defender. I think his ceiling is very high for him. Uh, he's, he's, he's very much going to make a transfer out of Wolves this season, as per the reports. Just, I just think it's going to be Sergio Oliveira ahead of him. Sergio Oliveira, as well, by the way, will be playing... F I mean, the deal is much likely to be done from uh, the part of Fiorentina's uh, concern. Gattuso wants him in Serie A to play for Fiorentina um, as he is appointed as a new manager there. So I guess Sergio Oliveira stands for, for Fiorentina after the uh, Euros are done. Uh, Bernardo Silva on that right-hand side with that left foot of his. Uh, there is Renato Sanchez as well who's had a decent season at Lille. Uh, but I just think it's going to be Bernardo Silva from that right-hand side, just for me. Well, let's just grab this all around and we'll start again from that midfield. Danilo and Sergio Oliveira in that midfield position and along with them is going to be Bruno Fernandes. Uh, Pedro Gonçalves is going to be there. Uh, well, Pedro Gonçalves, he's had a fantastic season at Sporting Lisbon and he's been picked in the squad. I think that's a very smart move from Fernando Santos. We'll have to see how often does he start for Portugal. Uh, but again, the midfield is Sergio Oliveira, Danilo and Bruno Fernandes. Bernardo Silva starts for me in that right-hand side of the attacking three. 
uh, Bernardo Silva. You've got just Rafa in his uh, wing, so Rafa will be the substitute for Bernardo Silva, but Bernardo Silva starts every single game on that right-hand side. Such an important player for them. Uh, Bruno Fernandes, I think you have got no other option, no other alternative, no other choice. They need to either pick him. He's, had, he's a fantastic player, one of the best Portuguese players on this uh, team around. Got two goals against Israel yesterday, and uh, I think he's uh, the uh, one of the main cogs of this uh, Portugal national team. Pedro Gonçalves will have to wait for his time, but I think he's a fantastic player. He's not been playing in the under-21 Euros, so I guess we'll have to see uh, how good a tournament he's going to have after getting on such a high at Sporting Lisbon. And now comes the very interesting part. They've got Gonzalo Guedes, who's probably going to sit on the bench uh, after so many players are ahead of him. Uh, you've got João Felix. You've got Andre Silva, you've got Diogo Jota and Cristiano Ronaldo. One thing is for certain that Cristiano Ronaldo starts. I think there are no two ways about it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't have the name of any manager who's going to bench Cristiano Ronaldo from playing for Portugal. And this is not going to happen, so Ronaldo starts. The one thing of uh, pundits in uh, and across Europe mistake Cristiano Ronaldo is for that he's turned into a number nine. I don't think that's quite the way to go about things. Cristiano Ronaldo, he acts more as a nine, but he needs a strike around him. That being said, the, prop, the possible front three is going to be Diogo Jota, Ronaldo and Bernardo Silva at the Euros. But what I think they should do is to put Cristiano Ronaldo in that left-hand side, play Andre Silva, who's had a fantastic season, a tremendous season at Antrim Frankfurt, play him there, Utilize the red hot form that he is in. And just get him on the pitch. Get him there. He I mean he played the last forty five minutes of that game against uh, Israel yesterday. Didn't get a shot against Spain. I'm just sorry for him. But I think the way to go forward is Bernardo Silva on the right, Cristiano Ronaldo on the left, and Andre Silva from the from the middle. Gives that number nine presence. He's a kind of a poacher, but he's got those assists under his belt in the Bundesliga this season. He's got more than forty goals, to, more than thirty goals this season, and I'm not so sure how many has he got, uh, but he's got somewhat there. But uh, I mean, yeah, again, as I thought, he's, he's, he's a tremendous player to have around. Uh, I, I don't know when his last goal for Portugal came. I think it was it was way way back in that. Nations League game against the Croatia. I, I, I don't know, but I think he's definite starter for me. He's got 29 goals this season and 7 assists. So that's a decent amount of goals for a guy who's starting. He's just 25 years of age, so I mean, he, 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 he is. I think he's a favourite to start at this point in time ahead of uh, Diogo Jota, who could come off the bench and have an impact. That might be an option here, so... I'm going with Ronaldo, Silva, Andre Silva and uh, Bernardo Silva. I just feel sorry for Jan Felix because it's not really happened for him at Atletico Madrid. Uh, I don't know how it's going to end up for him, but I think he's a very talented player. He's got grace in his feet. He's got that brilliant touch, great skill, nice temperament, a good eye for the pass. He's got everything that it takes to be a top player at Atletico Madrid. It's just not happening for him. I hope that it does really fell for uh, the... Uh, for the, for the Spanish side, they had a very good start to the season this time around. 
it's not really come to full bearing at this point in time. But I think he's going to just grow in confidence as uh, as, as as things come around for him. Uh, I, I think I think he will as uh, as 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 the time goes by. I'm going with uh, this front three, but again, you might have something else to say. A lot of uh, Portugal and Ronaldo fans might have something else to say. Uh, if you look at the possible road for them, it's a bit of a tricky one because I I think they're going to finish behind France and they're going to finish ahead of Germany. So they're going to finish second, according to me. And uh, if they finish second, well, they have to might as well have to play England because they will be the team finishing first from Group D. If I'm a Portugal fan, I'm not really very much... I'm not really worried about England because I think they're the better team than England. If I'm an England fan, I'm really worried about Portugal. If they finish first, well, they have to play a third-place team, which is a bit of a god gift, but then they have got a very tricky road to the final where they'll have to play... Belgium and Denmark and everyone, so I guess they'll prefer playing uh, being second there, but it's going to be a bit of a tricky with uh, they have to play the world champion France, which is the favourites for the Euros. They have to play Hungary at uh, Hungary away at Budapest, which is the home of Hungary. They have to play Germany in the Allianz Arena, which is the home of Germany, so it's not going to be the uh, best ideal scenario for Portugal, but again, if... Uh, if things are really easy, Cristiano Ronaldo does not do that. If they are hard, they, he likes to do them very much. And he will be craving for it. He will be craving for another Euros after what happened in 2016 when he was carried off on that, um, carried off injured out on, in that 26th minute. So uh, it's uh, it's a bit of a thing to have them. I, I, I guess they're really good at this point in time. They're better than Belgium. They're better than the likes of England and Spain and everyone. Just the thing is that they have to play a bit more attacking football other than that defensive sort of way. If they do that, I guess they'll win this tournament. I guess they have got that in them to win the tournament, especially when you have got Ronaldo in there. I've got them third in my Euro case study. They're third in the favourites for the tournament, so... That's it from me. That's it for the tournament. We are done with the Euro case study with all the 10 teams. Uh, I'll just get it down for you. At number one are France. At two is Italy, followed by Portugal at third. Fourth is Belgium. Fifth is England. Sixth is Spain. Seventh are Dutch. Uh, seventh are Germany. Eighth are Dutch. Ninth, Croatia. And the Dane team, the Denmark team, is on the number 10. So that might just be my case study. What is yours? I would like to hear it. Uh, make sure you uh, send your reviews to my Instagram page, uh, weeklypod.xd, W-E-E-K-L-Y-P-O-D.xd. You can send your reviews there. You can text me there. We can have a talk about it. Uh, so uh, until next time, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe. Keep your family safe. Keep your family safe. Uh, hope sure, I hope you enjoy the Euros as well as as. Uh, as I would as well. Uh, so until next time, uh, that's uh, bye from me. Ciao. Uh, this was your host, Mayuresh Matkar. Thank you very much.